This episode of To Your Good Health Radio is being brought to you by Cardio Miracle, the ultimate nitric oxide booster with over 50 whole food, heart-healthy, bioavailable nutrients. Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. If you've grown tired of all the lose weight today, gain it back tomorrow, calorie counting, starving yourself, deprivation diets, then this is the show you've been waiting for. Joining us today is Dr. William Lee, the pioneering physician scientist behind the New York Times bestseller, Eat to Beat Disease. This book explored the world of food as medicine, which those of you that listen to the show know that's my favorite topic. His follow-up book about to be released is called Eat to Beat Your Diet. In this, Dr. Lee shares some surprising new science on metabolism and weight loss. He's going to show us how we can decrease our waistspan while increasing our lifespan. Don't go anywhere. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is an internationally renowned medical doctor with expertise in healthy foods, weight loss, and long-haul COVID. He's a researcher and founder of the Angiogenesis Foundation. His TED Talk, Can We Eat to Starve Cancer, has garnered more than 11 million views, and his list of TV appearances include The Dr. Oz Show, Martha Stewart Show, CNN, MSNBC, NPR, and Voice of America. He's written over 100 scientific publications in leading journals, such as Science, the New England Journal of Medicine, and The Lancet. Welcome to the show, author of the New York Times bestseller, Eat to Beat Disease, and his follow-up book, Eat to Beat Your Diet. Welcome back, Doc. Thank you very much, Dr. Friedman. It's a pleasure. Yeah, great to have you back on the show. Now, the last time you shared with us how certain foods can activate defense systems to really fight disease, share with us how Eat to Beat Your Diet will guide us to a healthier weight and optimal health. Yeah, well, you know, this book was two years in coming for me, and it's a direct sequel to my first book, which is all about how our body is the secret to how foods can help us. Because when it comes to food and overall health, it's not really only about the food. It's about how our body responds to what we put inside it. And so the idea that we have health defenses to repel disease was the real theme of my first uh, book, Eat to Beat Disease. But I was wondering, what's the next step? Where do we actually take the concepts to uh, get to our next level of health? And of course, that led me and my research to metabolism. Because what metabolism is, is a common idea that people associate with body fat and weight loss. And the research tells us something different. And that is that we can unlock our inner metabolism uh, in order to be able to actually get to that next level of health. Wow, it's so good. You know, when patients ask me what type of diet they should follow to lose weight, which one work, my answer surprises them. They all work, whether it's eating for your blood type, your body type, starving yourself, calorie counting, or going plant-based or keto, people will lose weight. These programs wouldn't be around if they didn't work. The problem is the results aren't long-lasting. Most gain the weight back in, in, in a year or so. I'm curious, why is it easy for people to lose weight, but so few can keep it off? Right. Well, it has to do with the fact that uh, weight loss has been a focal point for people because they want to look better. I mean, maybe their doctor told them that she loses a few pounds, but in the end of the day, it's really people's motivations. And, and what, I, what I read about in Eat to Beat Your Diet is that, you know, it's okay to want to look better. I'm all for that because how you feel 
uh, inside about yourself is really, really important. But really, weight loss is much more than what you see in the mirror. It's not about the outside, only about the outside. Actually, it's even more about what's inside you. And that's really where all these myths of, of body fat come in. Now, one of the reasons that people have difficulty with uh, weight loss uh, is the fact that they're, um, uh, they're, they're embarking on extreme diets, things that are actually emphasizing uh, deprivation, elimination. And of course, uh, you know, around the whole area of weight loss, there's a lot of fear, shame, and guilt. And so, you know, and, and it's usually count, countering things that we generally love to eat, which aren't necessarily good for our health and, and certainly not good for our weight either. And so we're really talking about two ends of the bookshelf here normally. I'm about reaching for the books in the middle, which is how do we actually look for the good stuff and eat the good stuff while we actually are able to get to our best metabolic selves. That's actually how you lose weight. Yeah, that's what I admire about you is you embrace eating the good stuff, the great tasting foods without deprivation, and you just choose a healthier option. You know, every expert on the show says uh, we have to stay off bread, and you aren't one of them. That's very interesting. Share with us what type of bread we can reach for if we want to eat a sandwich or have some French toast and not have to worry. Yeah, well, look, I mean, here's the whole overarching idea. If you want to eat healthy, the best way to do it, to live your life the way you want to, is to eat mostly healthy. You don't have to be 100% of anything. Everything in moderation, even moderation. So occasionally it's okay to eat the things that you just really uh, go for. But when it comes to foods, the general principle, the science tells us, all the evidence tells us in human studies, that most of the good stuff uh, is, comes from plant-based foods because Mother Nature's laced the fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, legumes, healthy plant-based oils with uh, uh, these natural chemicals called bioactives. And those bioactives not only activate our health defenses, they activate our metabolism as well. And so the bottom line is that if you really want to eat bread, um, go for the whole grain bread, not just whole wheat, whole grain, okay? And don't eat too much of it. And that's the, the things you can make good choices uh, in a sea of bad choices or questionable choices. And you can always choose not to eat too much. You never want to overeat. That's a real core principle of actually maintaining healthy weight and improving your metabolism. Right. And sourdough, doesn't that get your thumbs up as well? So sourdough also gives a thumbs up and so does pumpernickel. Sourdough actually, a lot of people don't realize that sourdough is actually gets its sourness from a healthy bacteria that normally lives in our gut called lactobacillus ruteri. The lactobacillus makes lactic acid, which gives that tang to sourdough. And it turns out that that bacteria, that healthy bacteria is actually this, one of the starters um, used to make sourdough bread. And, and the particles of the bacteria are, are actually really valuable for controlling your metabolism, um, actually helping you know, brain health and emotional wellness, and also helping to uh, improve your immune system uh, as well. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, people should go out to the bakery and, and, and uh, load up on bread. But the idea is that you can always make a healthy choice, even among choices that may seem less healthy or may be castigated. We can always find something that actually is a little bit better for you. Great. I know in your upcoming book, you uh, share how somebody at 60 years of age can have the metabolism of a 20-year-old. That's a pretty welcome bombshell for most of us, especially me heading right around the corner there. I've got my pen ready. Can you share a couple of secrets? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's really kind of get, get down on this. So the, the bottom line is that when most people think about metabolism and weight, 
they have the wrong idea. And the wrong idea is that you're born with either a fast or slow metabolism. How many times have you heard, my sister was born lucky, she was born with a fast metabolism, and that's why she can eat anything, and she's skinny as a stick. And meanwhile, me, I was born with a slow metabolism, I was unlucky, and so now I'm struggling with my weight. That's like the classic thing that I hear from patients and from friends and family as well. And it turns out that's not right. It's not because of a slow metabolism that you gain weight in most cases, okay? There's obviously diseases where that can actually happen, but for most people, that's not the case. Um, Here's what we know, and this is brand spanking new smoking science. So less than a year old, it was published in the journal Science, which is one of the uh, leading journals of scientific discovery. There was a study that was uh, led by a researcher from Duke named Herman Ponzer, who looked at 6,000 people over 20 countries from age two days old to 94 years old. Okay, that's the entire human lifespan. And they studied their metabolism in the exact same way by having them drink something called deuterated water. And this, this is basically safe water, but it's got atoms that you can actually measure when you breathe it out, when you pee it out. And it actually gives you a really good sense of metabolism. So when they did this from two days old to 90 some years old, and they looked at men and women, people with small bodies and big bodies, um, people with diseases and no diseases, and they looked at the metabolism, it was all over the map, just like you'd expect. But this is the discovery. They developed an algorithm in which they could actually take everyone's results based on their age and subtract, remove the contribution uh, to their metabolism caused by excess body fat. And here's what they found. When you actually remove the effects of excess body fat from, from people's metabolism, every single person goes through only four stages of hardwired metabolism in their life. And those four phases are exactly the same. There's no genetic differences between my sister and myself. It's like, it goes like this. When you're born, your metabolism is more or less the same as your mom's. It's kind of like syncing up menstrual cycles. And when you actually, from zero to one, which is the first phase, your metabolism at one year's old is about 50% higher than when you're an adult, sky high. And that's why it's so important to feed babies the right foods. The second phase is from one year old to 20 years old, your metabolism starts coming down. So this is even when you're a teenager, you think people are skyrocketing like bean sprouts, actually their metabolism is coming down to adult stage at 20 years old. And between the ages of 20 to 60, everyone's metabolism is hardwired to be exactly the same and rock stable. This is through college, your first job, your first marriage, pregnancy, menopause, it's hardwired to be exactly the same. And then from age 60 to 90, you only drop about 17% of your metabolism. So by the time you're 90 years old, if you're lucky enough to make it to 90, your metabolism is only 17% lower than it was when you were 20. Now, what happens then? Because everybody actually has a different metabolism, okay? I mean, when you measure it, what happens is that this is what human metabolism is like over the course of human lifespan. What happens is that if you actually start adding back the contribution of body fat, remember in this study, to find those four phases, they remove body fat, you start adding it back, turns out extra body fat smashes, suppresses, sits down on your metabolism and slows it down. So it's not that a slow metabolism causes you to gain body fat, it's that extra body fat slows your metabolism. It's the other way around, completely opposite. And that's good news because we might not be able to change any genetic hardwiring 
of how our metabolism goes, but we certainly can adjust the amount of excess body fat that we have. And part of that is through diet. Very, very interesting. That's some uh, neat perspective there. Talk to us about, I get a lot of experts talk that, that come in here and talk about fastings. I've had experts say we should deprive our body of food for 18 hours a day. And we've had others on the show say, no, eat one meal a day. That's a 23-hour fasting window. What's your opinion on, on a healthy fasting window, if any? Can we just wake up and enjoy breakfast, which is my favorite meal? Yeah, well, listen, uh, you know, I, I, listen I write about this in a book. Um, here's uh, kind of got, harking back to what you, how you opened the show, which is, you know what, there's a lot of different ways that actually all are uh, ways that can work. It doesn't mean it's the right way for you or any individual. And here's the thing. Uh, we, we know that if you actually uh, get shipwrecked in a desert island and you have no food, you're going to be fasting by definition. All right. And you're going to start losing weight. And so if you're shipwrecked, you know, uh, like castaway, like Tom Hanks, and you can't eat anything, you're going re- you're to come real thin. Eventually, you're going to die. All right. Now, the, and, and so people start to think about like extreme fasting. Cancer patients uh, sometimes do that. In fact, you will go into uh, ketosis, which is, you know, kind of the part of the basis of the ketogenic diet. That's not necessarily healthy for you over the long haul, but you will lose weight. Now, here's the thing that I want to kind of set straight so everybody can feel comfortable around the idea of fasting. Fasting is not a religion. It's not a, uh, it's not a cult. Fasting is something that we all do every day. Fasting means not eating. When you're sleeping, when we go to bed, whatever time you go to bed, you're not eating, you're fasting. And when you get up in the morning, you are eating again your breakfast, you're breaking your fast, and hence we call it breakfast. So there's nothing, uh, there's nothing, uh, there's no like magic uh, concept that was invented uh, within the last few years about uh, fasting or intermittent fasting because we do it all the time. What we do know now is that the longer that we fast, the longer that we're eating, so the longer the time there is between your last bite from dinner and your first bite of breakfast, okay? You can have a late breakfast and you can have an early dinner. That gives you a long time if you're not doing your midnight snack, all right, and you're not sleepwalking and, and opening the fridge, that, that what happens when you're sleeping is your metabolism switches its program it's like software that's switching at night while you're sleeping and not eating. And it allows your body to begin drawing down on the fuel that's been stored while you're eating. So in other words, when you're eating, we're storing fuel because that's fuel is just energy. That's metabolism. But at night, when we're not eating, we're not storing the fuel, we're burning the fuel. And our body can access that. And that's how you burn down body fat when you're not eating, fasting. The longer you fast, the more fuel you can burn from your fat that's actually when you're consuming that extra fuel that you might have eaten. And so again, there's a lot of parts of this. You got to not eat too much. You don't want to eat too often, frankly. You don't want to be eating all day long. Uh, and you want to give your body, your metabolism, a chance to kind of reset and start burning down that extra fuel that you might have accumulated. That's how intermittent fasting works. Before we continue, I want to tell you about an amazing product called Cardio Miracle. The number one cause of death in America is cardiovascular disease. On average, somebody dies of a heart attack or stroke every 36 seconds. The good news is you don't have to be a statistic. Young, old, and in between, we all need more nitric oxide in our bodies. It's essential for our overall health because it helps blood, nutrients, and oxygen travel throughout the body. Research shows a lack of nitric oxide may be associated with high blood pressure, 
heart disease, diabetes, and even erectile dysfunction. Cardio Miracle's ultimate nitric oxide advanced delivery system reaches a cellular level, so it starts to work within seconds. You also get over 50 whole food nutrients in every delicious scoop. I take Cardio Miracle every day, not just for my heart, but my entire body. And you should too. It's backed by science and a 60-day no-risk money-back guarantee. If you want to improve your heart health, increase your energy, mental clarity, and boost your immune system, order Cardio Miracle today. CardioMiracle.com and use promo code CardioNow for 20% off. CardioMiracle.com, promo code CardioNow. Yeah, that's great. I've got a patient who does the one meal a day, and, and he's like 300 pounds. He's not losing weight, but he scarfs. I mean, he does a pizza. He does, And I'm like, I don't know. It's just he, it's, something's not working for this guy because that's a long time to go without eating. I think his body's so starving, he, he deprives himself. And he says his concentration's off. And I had Dr. Amen on the on the show, and he said that you can go a little bit too much. You don't want to get to where you're, you're, you're in deep starvation. Like you said, it's a break fast. For me, you know, geez, you know, that's 12 hours to 14 and then I'm fine I can't extend it to 16 but I work hard in the day I need that I love my breakfast so for me like you said everybody's individual I think 12 13 14 hours is is, is my healthy break fast and that's when I break it there as well talk about coffee I know it's controversy tell me about that uh, some say it prevents disease some say it causes uh, what what it, some say it actually uh, it, it hurts the gut some say it helps it what's your views on daily java Right. Well, listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out right there from putting myself uh, in in the limelight. So, listen. I in a gap year at between college and medical school, I spent time living in Italy, and I picked up a wonderful coffee habit. So, I'll have my espresso, my cappuccino, usually an espresso first thing in the morning, and I love coffee. Um, coffee, it turns out, um, has a lot of great things in it by itself. So, you know, you, as long as you're not like pouring all and flavoring it and adding all kinds of super added sugars and all that kind of stuff, like the drive through window coffee that you get, you know, um, it might taste good, but probably not that great for you. But if you make coffee yourself with, you know, Robusto beans or Arabica beans, roasted coffee, um, there's nothing healthier because what is in coffee beans is uh, bioactives. One of them is called chlorogenic acid. This is a natural chemical. And it does a lot of things. It actually activates your health defenses, improves your circulation, um, activates your stem cells. It does actually help your gut microbiome. Uh, uh, it, it's actually got antioxidant effects, and it actually has been shown to actually lower inflammation but improve your immunity as well. But here's the new science of chlorogenic acid, which is found in coffee, is that it actually helps you burn down extra fuel that's stored in harmful fat. Chlorogenic acid activates a good kind of fat in your body called brown fat. And it's kind of like a, an ignition switch for a kind of fat that is useful, that serves as a space heater. And when you turn on with chlorogenic acid, your brown fat, it's like putting a match to that, um, uh, that gas stove. You've got the, the burners lit and that, and that fuel that it's drawing from to burn, uh, uh, to, to create that heat actually is being drawn from your bad fat, the extra fuel from too much calories, too much food that you've stored um, will start to get burned down. So coffee is actually good for your metabolism. It's good for your immunity. It's actually good for your circulation. And it turns out, and this is something that's also really interesting from agricultural research, that organic coffee uh, uh, plants 
make more chlorogenic acid and store it in their beans more so than conventionally grown coffee that's been sprayed with pesticides. So you get more of the good stuff uh, with organic beans. So got it. So coffee, a thumbs up. Just make sure it's good. It's organic, which means obviously less pesticides as well. That's great. I read, uh, let me ask you, I, I was reading your intake sheet and, and maybe it's a typo. Did you say yo-yo dieting can actually benefit our health? Right. Well, actually, so here's, here's the key thing. If the goal is not to yo-yo. In fact, the goal is to actually keep your weight off. But if you try to lose weight and you gain it back, and you try to get back on the wagon to lose it again, and you gain it back. Uh, uh, the, the more times you try to lose weight, you continuously lose weight, the better it actually is for you. It lowers your risk of cancer. And this has been studied. People that actually, uh, just by the nature of living their lives, they lose some weight, they gain it back, they lose it again. Don't give up on it. You want to keep on losing a little bit of weight. It actually um, can reduce your risk of developing cancer. So that's really the point is that it's not so much that you should do yo-yo dying, it's that yo-yo dieting isn't universally bad. Continuously uh, investing in the effort to try to lean down, it doesn't mean that you have to fit into a bikini the way that you want to when, when, you, when you were a teenager. What it means is that there is, um, there is health benefits for continuously um, trying to lose weight. And even if you gain it back, go back at it again. It's not going to hurt you to actually go back and forth like that. Don't give up. Yeah, kind of like bodybuilders. I know when they're done competing, man, they just they gain the weight back. And I've had many of his patients say it actually helps them lean down later. So that 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 yo-yo actually in the bodybuilding world does help as well. In your book, I know you're going to be offering, I read, a four-week meal plan for food lovers that includes some food swaps and shopping tips. Can you give us a sneak peek at a couple tidbits that you share in the Eat to Beat Your Diet? Yeah, sure. A couple of things. So first of all, this is the first book that I know of uh, that actually has a list of foods, 150 of them, uh, and I think it's a first-time ever list of foods that have human evidence for actually improving your metabolism and fighting body fat, including the harmful body fat. So there's a list of 150 foods along with this, the, the science and the amounts that you need to eat that are supported by human evidence. That's the first time only that I think is coming out in this book. So how do you actually put this to work? I mean, that's really the, the real issue. So I've, I actually um, uh, answered that question by telling people how I eat. And, I, and, and, and how I eat, I call it Mediterranean. So my background is Asian. I lived in the Mediterranean. And how I live is really, and how I eat is really trying to borrow from the best of both food cultures, traditional food cultures. These are healthy food cultures, traditionally, in the Mediterranean and in Asia. And I try to mix and match and try to come up with recipes um, uh, that, that actually are absolutely delicious. And I draw from that list of 100 different, uh, 50 different foods. In my book, I provide um, uh, more than 30 recipes that are coming from my own kitchen. Okay, that I actually myself and I give some guidance um, on and there's a meal plan, a sample meal plan of how you actually take those recipes and integrate them into breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I also tell people, you know, every now and then it's okay to skip a couple of meals, whether it's skipping a lunch, uh, whether it's skipping a couple of breakfasts. You know, we all get busy and sometimes when we're busy. We don't have the chance to eat the way that we want. And that's okay key is not to overeat. So there's a whole guide on how to actually uh, uh, live, a, live your best life, treating your taste buds and your metabolism at the same time. 
That's right. With foods that are delicious, but maybe instead of the one you love, there's one that's just as good but healthier. I love that kind of switching. switching and that's, a, that's the whole concept of swapping. You know, swapping isn't losing out, right? I mean, that's, people don't want deprivation. Human nature abhors deprivation. What you want, what I want to do is basically, and this is where there's the whole swap list, which is, hey, you know, if you're eating this and it's not so good for you, um, why don't they, they might harm your metabolism and actually help you grow body fat? Look, here's a, on the left-hand column, or here's some things you can swap out. Look at all these foods. Pick one that appeals to you. Lose the one that's not so good for you. Uh, swap it out with the one that's good for you, and you get to make the choice. That's the key thing. This is not about putting people in manacles. This is about free, liberating you to make good choices that you're going to love. Well said, well said. I know in all your research, because you're, you're a research nut like I am, I'm curious, what was the biggest food myth that you once believed uh, that was true and then gave you the biggest aha moment when it was debunked? Is there anything that jumps out that you go, wow, and that kind of made a difference in your life? Well, you know, I would say that the, uh, and I don't really spend too much time in my new book talking about this, but I'll share it with you and your listeners. You know, when I was growing up, I for breakfast, which was one of which was when I was a kid, one of my favorite meals. Um, I used to, you know, have an egg for breakfast, uh, just usually scrambled. And uh, there was a point in the, uh, I guess it was in the late '70s, where my mom basically said, "No, we can't eat eggs anymore. They're bad, bad cholesterol for you." And so we just stopped eating eggs. And now what I realize is that is, you know, that's actually not true. Eggs are actually a really wonderful source of protein, but if you get really high quality eggs. Um, and how do you know they're high quality? Well, you know, the, the, the chickens are not raised in a factory. They're not fed chemicals. Um, they're not given steroids. They're actually eating normal food. So it looks sort of like free range uh, chickens. They lay eggs that when you crack them open and, and cook an egg, it look, the yolk looks completely different. A really, really good quality egg. When you open up uh, the egg and crack its yolk, the yolk isn't bright yellow which is what I grew up thinking eggs were, egg yolks are like, but rather a great quality egg. That egg yolk is like a blood moon. It is red orange. And the reason it's red orange is because it's got all these healthy carotenoids. These are like uh, lutein and zeaxanthin, helps your eyesight. It's good for your stem cells, helps your health defenses. And you actually get a good source of protein to boot. And so I think that eating eggs, now I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, smothered in butter and all these other kind of things that people tend to do. But if you want to really have a, a healthy breakfast, eggs can actually be part of the menu once again. And that was something that I think, you know, I, I remember um, loving eggs and then I was told to stay away from eggs. I was, it was like a whiplash. And now I realize that the science tells us something different. And so that's one of the ahas. And I think a lot of people get confused about that. So I, I, I kind of want to put that one out there. Uh, you and me share, share the same aha moment. <laughs> it was the same way. It's like, I loved eggs. It's like, man, I felt guilty. And, and I said, no, it has less of thin choline. Helps you helps, helps lower cholesterol. You have to worry about it increasing your crowd. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. What a, what a North and South Pole difference. Uh, last question. I, w I wanted to ask you the science of, of the healthy gut seems to be real prevalent. I'm wondering, uh, how how do you feel the microbiome plays when it comes to our metabolism or inability to lose weight? Does the gut have a big prevalence there? Yeah. So listen, the gut microbiome is the uh, next great frontier inside our body. In fact, if I were um, starting out as a medical researcher all over again, or I was advising a young person um, uh, seeking advice about where to go in their career, I would say, um, young fella, go after that gut microbiome because it is an undiscovered country with huge 
um, ramifications for our health. Here's what we know. Um, you know, I mean, and then think about it. Like when we were in med school, what were we told? We were told that bacteria are bad, must kill bacteria, must memorize antibiotics to kill bacteria, right? It turns out that most of the bacteria that we encounter in our lives are actually healthy. They're really good for us. And most of them live inside our body in the lower gut. And a lot of people don't know this. Even the people who, you know, talk about the microbiome, there's a portion in our colon called the cecum. It uh, just comes right before the rectum, and the cecum actually holds most of this gut bacteria, about 39 trillion bacteria. That's a lot. And what we now know is these bacteria form an ecosystem inside our bodies that when we eat food, our, our, our gut absorbs, our bodies absorb the nutrients, all the things we talked about um, on the program. And everything we don't absorb goes down to feed our gut bacteria, the, the dietary fiber some of the bioactives. And when our gut bacteria are well-fed, good bacteria grow. It's a healthy ecosystem. It's like, the, it's, like the, uh, uh, it's like the Great Barrier Reef, an incredible ecosystem, beautiful. And one of the things that bacteria do is they produce their own metabolites, um, these things called short-chain fatty acids. And these, these, um, the metabolites actually lower inflammation in our body, better than aspirin or Tylenol or non-steroidals. And they actually prop up our immune system because our bacteria talk directly to our immune cells. And these gut bacteria send text messages to our brain to release social hormones as well. And when it comes to the metabolism, the gut bacteria helps us manage our cholesterol and our lipids in our blood, you know, probably better than a statin does. Like when you need a statin, you're, you're, you know, you want to actually make sure your gut is doing everything it can for you first. And then the other thing that um, the, the gut bacteria do is they actually help our body use blood sugar better. So they improve the insulin sensitivity in our cells. So everything is good about our gut bacteria. As long as we keep a good neighborhood of bacteria around, what happens is that junk food, ultra processed food, too much sugar, too much alcohol, all right, lots of ultra processed foods, it upsets our gut bacteria. And when, when we feel crampy and bloaty and gassy, it's a red flag that our gut bacteria isn't healthy and therefore our metabolism isn't great and our inflammation levels rise and our mood might even be bad and our immunity might be down. This is where we're going with the gut bacteria. It is a very, very important part of who we are. And one day in the near future, when you go to your regular doctor for a checkup, they're going to be doing a microbiome checkup as well. Fantastic. I had a gut feeling that you'd have a good answer for that question. So well said there. <laughs> I want to thank you so much again for joining us. Always a pleasure to order your copy of Dr. Lee's book, Eat to Beat Your Diet. Go to drwilliamlee.com. His last name is spelled L-I. Or you can sign up for Dr. Lee's Metabolism mini course, which actually includes a copy of his book. You can follow Dr. Lee on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. William Lee for my daily health post you can follow me at dr david friedman on instagram i'm at dr d friedman if you heard something today that would benefit somebody you know send them a link to this podcast it's available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com and while there be sure and check out our podcast library share these segments with friends family co-workers and on social media sharing is caring this information is just too important to keep to yourself you can also subscribe to future podcasts at iHeartRadio and itunes more to come stay tuned and stay well.
This episode of To You Good Health Radio was brought to you by Cardio Miracle, the ultimate nitric oxide booster with over 50 whole food heart healthy nutrients. If you want to improve your heart health, increase your energy, mental clarity, and boost your immune system, order Cardio Miracle today at CardioMiracle.com. Use promo code CardioNow for 20% off. CardioMiracle.com, promo code CardioNow.